Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brew Head. Welcome to episode 150. That's a good one. Holy shit. I'm very nice to the pop out. I know, right? I didn't tell you about that. I feel that. honored. I know, so it's, uh, it's special. We are here in Colchester, Vermont. First time, we're at Green Empire with Uncles Dave and Evan co-owners and brewers gentlemen thank you for having us Pleasure. appreciate you guys hey, nice to meet yeah. you finally likewise it's fucking dope to be here place is dope we haven't been to Colchester before it's the only brewery in the city is that accurate that's correct only Hold we're the down. only one in Colchester how do you feel about that yeah, we feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it um, so we're in town for uh, we're doing a campaign uh, with the high season stuff but of course we haven't been to Vermont since March which is unacceptable and I'd like to apologize to the state of Vermont for not visiting <laughs> since then. Um, but we're finally back, so uh, I'm glad we get to finally kick it. Um, we were talking earlier, I heard of you guys through Mark at Stowe Cider. I think it was episode 70 or 80-something. Uh, he had your chill chill session, session yeah. uh, in a growl that he busted out for the podcast. I've been following you guys since. That was like maybe a year and a half ago, something like that. Yep. I remember it was cold. Um, so it was great to finally meet you guys. I'm excited to try some stuff. So let's get into this bad boy and then we'll uh, so we got the yeah. side business here this is yeah. our flagship our most produced one and we've been canning it a little over a year and people nice. can't get enough of it we can't make enough of it. I love it if when you bring some home this is how it'll sound it's too <laughs> sound it's perfect um, side business does that name have any uh, particular yes yeah, so this is um, this is a side business for the both of us uh, we both have other careers, and so this is, yeah, we're hoping to make this our, you know, uh, full main, time? Yeah, main business, uh, but oh, yeah. for now it's just still a side business, so. How long have you guys been open? Uh, about a year and a half, legally. Yeah, legally. And, um, yeah, we already did it legally, though, like, it's... Only, we only early. abide by the rules. Absolutely, this is what happens here at Green Empire. <laughs> <laughs> we take the rules very, very seriously. Cheers, Cheers boys. Pleasure to meet you. Cheers. Cheers. Well, if you picture this space, like, so... It, up to that heater over there, nice. we had just this room, and this is actually where we were homebrewing. And right. we were just doing it in old recycled kegs, 10 to 15 gallons at a time. And we had a little wall of conicals, and that's, that's or not conicals, uh, carboys, and that's how right. we started here. And then finally we just started looking around, and we're like, man, we can fit 10 barrel tanks in here. So Right, kept the space. Might that's pretty well. good, you a dedicated homebrewing space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. He lived in an apartment, and come the, we actually we both lived in condos and apartments. So like, at the, really. in the winter time, we couldn't do it outside anymore. So we was a little out of necessity, and it was, the rent was cheap, and it was a good place to do it. And yeah, we'd be running a hose from my uh, second floor apartment down to you know the parking lot, and we'd be brewing. That's amazing. In the parking lot, flooding it with the wastewater. <laughs> so we've had this you know, space since what? The, be a much December first, two thousand fifteen. I think is when we got oh, wow. this space. Yeah. You guys are messing around. All right, let's uh, let's get the photo. We know the drill we talked about this before. 
Legends. Love it, love it. Um, so this is 7%. Um, the side business room, pop him here so you can see it. What's the uh, hops in this one? So it's Columbus, Bittering, and then Citra and Mosaic. Columbus, Citra, Mosaic, and take the notes while we're discussing. 7%, Columbus, Citra, Mosaic. Um, and I guess, uh, of course, it's hazy. We're in for one. Yep. That's exactly how it goes down. Um, did you use any oats or anything like that in this one? Super oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Oats. <laughs> Kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Always use notes. Um, Always. And on the nose, you know, I get a bit of grapefruit and um, more fruit forward, yes. of course. I a got tropical. a little pine finish, a mm-hmm. slight pine, not over the top. And, yes. yeah, it's like some mild, like, kind of little, little dank. Which I yeah. like. Definitely. I think that's yeah. Yeah. probably the result of the mosaic, if anything. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know mosaic really made cause the dankness. I never really thought about that. I guess. Yeah, you, should... you get it from the Simcoe as well and some definitely. of our other beers. Okay. This is solid. I'm not surprised this one and is... We don't beer. mind telling you what the hops are in this. So is there other brewers that don't tell you the hops? No, I've never had that before. Good. Everyone's been pretty open with We had someone recently, we were like asking them what hops Oh, they, they just don't know what the hell it is. It's more they don't know than not tell. Do you remember? They know. Yeah? You think they know? They don't want to tell you? They know. That's kind of weird, though. Uh, how are you going to put hops in the tank if you don't know what it is? I don't know what it is. They say sometimes. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a it was a credible point. source that we asked. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Spirit. They wouldn't tell us what was in there. Wouldn't wouldn't tell us as brewers to another brewer. Oh, wouldn't tell you what was in it. Yeah, wouldn't tell us. That see, do you know what the difference is? I have no, I'm a threat to them. I'm promoting them, so people might tell me, and I'm, I'm asking not even even for the viewers or listeners. I'm asking just for my review, to be honest. It's yeah. super selfish reasons, uh, and I'm curious because I want to know like yeah. what which hops make different flavors and you know what what yeah. they've done. It gives me a bit of a picture in my head but I can understand if it might come across like trying to tap there yeah I mean whatever how many like hop combos can there really be it's really not that serious well not only that like for us as a small brewery we go through a lot of effort to get access to hop like the freshest crop of mosaic and citra and you know I love being able to say that we're using that because you know I see a lot of new brewery startups that are using 2015 2016 mosaic crops and right Luckily, we have the ability to use fresh crop on all of our hops um, right. because we tirelessly work to make that happen. So, um, you know, I love being able to say, hey, yeah, this has citrus mosaic in there as fresh as they are available, you know. so That's dope. How do you guys do that? Like, is it through contracting through all? Oh, yeah. You have to say. It's no, it, it is contracting, yeah. yeah. But Just make sure you some of you know some of the contracts I've uh, created were through my my other career on eBay, and we started when we were home brewing here. We were buying all our hops from eBay in small amounts, and then in a in a pinch, we couldn't get any mosaic, you know, nor any citra. So we reached out to this guy, and yeah, he made it happen. Nice, you know, out in Oregon. So you know, the turns out he's got a commercial program. Yeah. For, for and then that's how he made his living. He start, you know, he makes a decent amount on eBay, but he turns all these, uh, you know, basement brewers, and when they become pro, he starts contracting them out. So that is genius. Yeah, what, and like hooking people up and helping them grow. Yeah. I love that. So speaking of that, so how did you guys individually get into beer, and how did that lead to, to this glorious establishment? Let's see. I guess it all started back in Plattsburgh, New York, and we were just. Brewing on the porch, and yeah. um, that's where you guys are from. Oh, I went to college there. Right. Yeah, but my, my parents have a house right outside of Plattsburgh, about ten minutes. Yeah. We'd actually met at a Brewers Fest. We met up at a huh? Can you sell me one of that 
Hey, we're in the uh, middle of summer. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good, man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's a big supporter of the chill yeah. session. Yeah, yeah, he's a big supporter of the chill session. It's a great beer. It's yeah. a great beer. He comes up the other day in the middle of the and he yells this and this only. Chill session. Yeah! That's <laughs> all he yelled. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Cool, man. <laughs> Thanks. Hey. Well, anyway, we were, um, you know, his, his wife now... Um, I went to college with in Plattsburgh, and right. yeah, so that's how I met Dave, and because uh, my girlfriend and his wife were, you know, roommates, roommates. so nice. we met. He was just ecstatic about homebrewing, and you know, I had some homebrews under my belt, and I said, "Oh, well, you seem really excited about it. I'm just excited because <laughs> you're so excited, you know." And I think we should go forward with this so you know we got some equipment started brewing on the porch and then we said it was like the next week like it wasn't like months it was like yeah. and i lived in Berlin at the time so i would like drive an hour and a half to his house in plattsburgh we would just brew on his porch start brewing and then we're like ah, it's decent then we got some more equipment uh you know got more hops on ebay and just kept cranking it out and then more equipment and then eventually i moved over here and then um yeah the rest is history you know that's then those were the days of burning the hose out the window right. <laughs> from the, and then that same winter. So this is probably about, I'd say six months or so into us even knowing each other, we read the started writing the space. He found Jeez. it on Craigslist. Right. There was yeah. a guy who was making parts for NASA in here. They lived right above in the apartment above. Right. And the machine shop here. Okay. So you just rented it out, and you were like, "Well, I'm tired of dealing with, like, not we're not being able to brew in the winter." Yeah, we didn't have anywhere. So I guess because homebrewing is pretty messy, you need a bunch of space. We yeah. we do it in apartments; it's a nightmare. We were flooding his parking lot. Yeah, so we had <laughs> you know, a few familiar. propane burners and um, you know, right. a series of fridges and the light kegerators and all that stuff. Yeah, Jeff I think we had six refrigerators in one. It was pretty. You know? So where this walk-in <laughs> is, there was a bar that he made out of just wood, wood himself, and we had a bar. We had some. We had, I think, a ca- wooden cask back there, too, like six lines of taps. Just nice. So anything, you know, we would just have our friends come by, and we would just sample just it here. Spot. We would do a couple, yeah. like, homebrew events, too, through uh, the Full Barrel Co-op here in Burlington. And nice. we would just bring, like, 15 gallons of beer and pour through it just in a couple of hours. And Jeez. Um, so it, was, it was quality assurance. And then, uh, you know, eventually people were like, wow, this is, you know, this it's is really good. good stuff. Yeah. I, I like it. It's good. Can I... You know, can we get some of this? And so we said, okay, let's let's do it. You know, let's take it to the next level. Right. And what what did that require? So we were very naive to how much it would cost and how long <laughs> it would take. And right. it took it took about a year, maybe okay. a little more than a year. To go from homebrew to pro. Yeah, and okay. maybe yeah. a year and a half. And you know, I mean, knowing what we know now, we'd probably do it in you know six to nine months. Okay. You know, if we push, but squeaky wheel gets the grease at the end of the day so that's, that's what we learned and um yeah it was it was a lot it took a lot out of us but just getting you know getting the equipment in was easy you know paying for it was you know not so much yeah it wasn't wasn't that hard mm. just just getting the licensing and being able to legally brew here was the challenge that's you know yeah. the wastewater allocation sewer allocation you know the state piece of paper that says hey you can brew here you're a manufacturer gotcha. you know that was the last part but we had to get everything else in order with the feds mm. you know the wastewater and you know, probably we were the most the naive and didn't even realize it at the time was when we had brewed our we finally got our license in and we started brewing like one or two test batches 
We didn't have any. We didn't have any kegs. We didn't have anything to put it in. So <laughs> we, we brewed into Kara over there, and right. it was a two-barrel batch of a beer that we called First Ones for the Homies," and we knew it was going to be a learning curve, pale ale, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up putting it in uh, like old soda kegs because we didn't yeah. have anything to put oh, it the in. The Cornelius. Yeah, the Cornelius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we kind of realized after that, so, okay, now we made this many kegs just from brewing that, like. What about when we like actually fill everything? What are we gonna do with all that beer? Right. And luckily, we had the Vermont Beer Shepherds come by, and they sampled a beer right off the tank, which happened to be the first commercial iteration of Chill Session, and just on a handshake started. Yeah, that was it. He got the dank on the nose and put out his hand, and that was it. And know? so, so for people who don't know, the VT so beer Vermont Shepherds. Beer Shepherd distributor here in Vermont, and they, um, yeah, they. Loan, they own a fleet of kegs and then they drop the kegs off. We clean them, fill them up, and then they pick them up and distribute them throughout the state. But they're amazing. So, they're yeah. a mom and pop organization and, you know, very uh, brewer. They're, they're very supportive of the brewers and they, yeah. you know, bring a lot of great beer in from outside the state of Vermont. They work with, you know, Lawson's, Four Quarters. I think they were working with Ben Hill for a bit too. Nice. Yeah. Mike is the men. Um, but they, you know, they, they're absolutely amazing people. They've done well by us. And, you know, just I'm so happy it worked out the way it did because I I don't know how we would we, we didn't even realize at the time that we would have had to get a whole nother like distributor's license because in Vermont you can't technically self distribute. So, and you got to okay. pay tax twice. Jeez, so they didn't make it easy for for that. No. So then, when and it's a waiting process too. It could take you up to six months to get background check. So that that would have been another stop. layer of waiting that yeah. we didn't even waste money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when did you start canning it? Oh, it was May of 2018, right? Yep, so yeah, it's delivery year, year yeah. quarter. Okay. So, so I guess like our first beer went out in kegs August of 2017, and then May of 2018 was our first canning of side business. Okay, and that was because you had the distro deal, so it was like, well, the, clearly cans are going to be pretty effective as well. Yeah. Like, did they ask you for cans, or was it kind of something you wanted to do? Both. I mean, at the time, we were just distributing everything in kegs, and for being a brewery that's not open to the public, it's pretty hard to get your name out there when someone's only way of finding you is just to, like, happen to be at a restaurant that has your keg on that's tap. True. And we did get a little traction that way, but I could. Def- it's definitely been noticeable how much more our beer's gotten out there now that it's available in cans. Like, I nice. see, every day we see pictures from across the country, different countries, people just traveling with our beer, whereas before that just wasn't even... A possibility. Or even, you know, at the Vermont Brewers Fest, this guy came up to us and he's like, people are talking about you, you know? And I said, oh, where are you from? Los Angeles. He yeah, says, yeah. he's like, I was hanging out at Monkish and people are talking about you, you know? And hey. I was like, holy shit, you know? That's crazy. So, so I was like, oh, yeah, dude. You know? <laughs> but I mean, it really shows, like, how cans have that like, ability, oh, you know? They, yeah, they just... That's very cool. How's that, like, how's that feel for you guys, like... To know that you're being talked about it on the other side of the country, which means people are either mewling or proactively trading your stuff, being like, yeah. yo, this is, send me Monkish, I'll send you Green Empire. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it feels great, you yeah. know? I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to be a part of it, you know? Oh, it's amazing. I, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, Vermont is my personal favorite place in the continent. Yeah. Uh, best place for beer. It's very tough with some great places, but I feel like it definitely holds a lot of weight. Um, Anywhere you go, you trade me for Mumpy, hell yeah. Like anybody wants even when I went to Australia earlier this year I brought them some stuff from here and like they nice. lost their minds. 
because it's something that doesn't make it out there too much. So I can sure. There's definitely like a, a pause. I was gonna say stigma is not the right word, but the rep is so strong. Yeah. So you're in a great place already. Yeah. But and if your beer wasn't fire, you wouldn't be spoken. Like you wouldn't last. Yeah. So it really speaks. I think he, if you're gonna last in Vermont, more than most places, if your shit isn't really good, like. So there's always room for good beer, you know, in the in the saturated market. Yeah, we get asked that all the time. People are like, you know, what's it like being in a market where there's just so much beer? And it's like, well, comparatively, there's really not in the sense when you look at, like, Colorado. I mean, it's just Vermont's a small so. state, so it seems like a lot. But, you know, so many people come here for beer and beer alone that, you know, if you make good beer, there's going to be a place for you regardless of, you know, how many beers there are out there. And, like, for me, like, when I go somewhere with my wife and we take a trip... You know, I'm not going to buy less beer because there's more beer out there. I'm just going to buy more beer of what I want to buy because it's available and I can't get it on a regular basis. So. Right. And I guess it's now put you guys, like you said, because of the um, uh, because of the cans. Like I saw you guys yesterday at the city market, and I was like, because I hadn't seen the cans before, and it really stood out to me because it's like you've got this like shimmery thing going on there, which really stood out. And the, and the, and the metallic, metallic, I guess is really yep, what yep. it is. Like. The consistency of the triangle. That's a double IPA going straight to the big boy. Yeah, why not? We ain't playing around here. Yeah, that one. So the side business, our flagship IPA, and I guess yep. this has become our flagship double in nice. a way. And uh, just a little background. It's yep. Mosaic and Matawaka, the New Zealand varietal. Yes, and, um, that's a great hop. It free tributes spirit. all the free spirits out there. Talk to me about that. So we wanted to make a beer for the band Mo, period. You know the band Mo, period? It's like a jam band. Yeah, they're, they're like, like a jam band. Yeah. Grateful Dead. Anyway. Gotcha, gotcha. But, um, you know, Mosaic and Mataweka kind of start like, with the Mo. They were Mo hops. Ah. Mo hops. So we wanted to, but and, and we didn't want to be played out like Mo with all the fans, you know. They're called Mo Rons with the period. And <laughs> fan Mo Lee with the period. And and anytime you do that too, you kind of open yourself up to like yeah, to a world of shit too. You know, right. it's like so we wanted to come, you know, encompass everybody. Uh, you know, finding connection and disconnection, if you will, by going to shows and you know, letting loose or getting away from you know whatever's going on at home. Or, okay. You know, just in just, the world. Or yeah, anything. yeah, whatever you know. And I think the best way to do that is by music. You know, live music. And beer. And beer. Together. And beer. Together. And particularly in this day where you're not going to go to a music festival and have average beer. Yeah, a lot of good beer. Definitely not in Vermont. I mean, you can go anywhere and get the Fiddlehead, and the Fiddlehead's consistently, you know, great. I really... Yeah, Matt, Maddie, Maddie's the man. Thank you, sir. Um, well, I was going to say, you going to mix it? You're going to blend it up? We don't mind mixing here. Yeah, it's more fun for you guys at this point. You have it so many times. You're like, whatever. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, you see a lot of breweries now. Like, they'll do that kind of thing. Like, they'll take two beer recipes and like basically combine them to make like a like the boom sauce. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that combined. Is that a combined? I think it's three different. Three different beers like blend. A, a, a handful of IPAs made yeah. into one IPA. Yeah, I know. They throw them on tanks and then blend it in a bigger, you know, conditioning tank. At least that's what we heard. I don't know how that. We've heard that in the grapevine. True. <laughs> Champions. <laughs> um, solid. Yeah, that's, I've seen that like for collabs. Like, say they take you take the side business and you take someone else's like 
second fiddle, you call it the side fiddle or some shit. Oh, well, you know, we did the um, collaboration with Upper Pass, and we did oh, yeah, that's side right. drop. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they get cloud drop. Yep. Yeah, we climbed nice. on the recipe. You know, side business with the Perfect. cloud drop. Yeah. And we blended the, the yeast that we use for side business and the yeast they use for the cloud drop. And, so it was a half and half. actually mix it. Oh, actually, and then really they picked them. a hop, we picked a hop, and then we did kind of, all right, you pick some grains, we'll pick the other ones, and it was a nice, even split. Yeah, we ended up going with this new varietal uh, called Lotus, and it was very, Lotus? very awesome. Very super L-O-G? tropical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, I, I expect it to be a bigger player this year. And from what I understand, they like kind of rushed to naming it last year because yeah. it was like really one that they were excited about. And so we used that, and then we used this uh, Idaho 7 hop hash that was... Oh, I fucking love Idaho 7. And then the hop hashes. Yeah, it's like a super concentrated yeah, version. Yeah. Well, so basically well, what they do, think of it as like keef, you know? Yeah, so yeah, basically totally. they scrape their pelletizer after it's done making pellets. And so what's the difference? Because I thought hop hash and lupulin powder were synonyms. And my understanding is something like Yakima Chief. Well, the packaging it and calling it cryo. It seems like the cryo hops are a little more, like a little more yeah. in-depth process where they basically will take more of the oil, more of the concentrated oils and condense them into more concentrated pellets, whereas, and then kind of like what's the byproduct of that are like the noble hops that they're putting out there, the less oil concentrated uh, pellets as a result from that. Right. So it's, it's, it's certain, we actually use Simcoe Cryo in, in our, in one of our beers, Syncopated Healing, and um, you could definitely, even just from a sensory standpoint, really pick up the intense aromatics and just really the, crazy crazy character that's going to come from those I guess it's like uh, I hear it's a little easier to work with because there's less mess overall is that true and I guess it's more it's more intense so you use yeah, less they, of it they say yeah it's more intense so you can use half what do you much. do you guys subscribe to that um, not really no, no we kind of still use yeah still use about mm. just as much but the the dankness you know and the aromatics are next level so. right so it's worth it yeah yeah, in okay. our opinion. And we, we've even done, like, one right after the other, like a batch without it and a batch with it, and have absolutely noticed yeah. a night and day difference. Interesting. Because there's been debate, you know, whether if you're adding cryo hops in, um, well, while it's still fermenting in mm-hmm. the biotransformation edition, whether it's carrying through or not, so we kind of put it to the test, you know. Did it with, and then did it without. Because a lot of a lot of brewers we've talked to will argue, well, since you are blowing off into a blow off, you know, you're going to lose those aromatics in the fermentation process. And we, in fact, found that it was exactly the opposite. And you know, at least the way we do it here, we found that it just it carries over in such intense flavors and aromatics that it makes it very worth it to us to do it. So sick. That's good to know. At least you've tried it, right? And see yeah. which way it works. Yeah, cryo is the way to go if you can get your hands on it. Is it hard to get now? Uh, or is it... The special varieties are like Citra, Mosaic, you know. The usual. Simcoe, I just don't think they make a ton of it. You know, I, I, I can't imagine they... I bet their biggest market's probably in like the T90 pellets, so that's that's where... Yeah, typical stuff. Yeah. yeah. This is exceptional, by the way. This thank is you. Really good. Uh, so this is yeah, and Mosaic? Yeah, Mosaic so Mosaic, yeah. I love it. Um, All the mo. All the modes. I wasn't sure if there was a third one that I uh, I missed earlier. No, it's just um, the fire even bro. split of those, you know. Man, I love them all beer, man. I just love being here. I'm so happy here. I don't know and why. then it's strange. Yeah, it's all it's by fucking the, amazing. Vermont, man. It's a Vermont air. Yeah. And everybody's 
Easy going, so driving slow. Hey, you go, yeah, go ahead, you go. go. <laughs> Never a problem. Actually, I was just watching Portlandia <laughs> last night, and you ever watch uh, that one where they're like, no, you yeah. go, no, you go, oh, no, you go, yeah, no, you yeah. go. <laughs> we just were, went to JFL, Just for Lost in Montreal, like, last weekend, and we saw Fred Armisen. He was at this gala. Michael Che from Saturday Night Live had yeah. a gala. Okay. And Fred Armisen was one of the ones on there. He comes out. They, had, they brought a, an amp and a guitar. He played one song. Then he made the audience kind of sing it and then walked off. And like, that was it. And I'm like, my prediction is that Fred Armisen is going to be the Bill Murray of our generation where he would just turn the fuck up somewhere. Like, who hates him? No one hates him. Like, everyone loves Bill Murray, right? And yeah. I feel like he'll be the same type of dude who would just turn up and he could just do something like that, something stupid, play a three-minute song and then leave in a whole, that's his whole set when it should have been like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> and he just fucking goes. <laughs> that's been heard from again. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. Have you, have you watched that Bill Murray documentary? Yes, that's why I bring it up. That was that was pretty interesting, mm, actually. It's good. All these people who... Yeah, been, he's really made a name for himself in the past five, ten years. Of just like being he's... that legendary, funny dude that no one hates. And he just yeah. turns up to a party wearing... Looking like a normal person. People lose their minds and he would just... Whatever, like the story, like at South By or whatever, and he started just bartending. Yeah. Or he turns up at some dude's house party that, and then... They need to go on a beer run, so he went on the beer run. With them. <laughs> and they're like, "No, Bill, you're good." And they're like, "No, no, I'm good." And then he comes back, and the cops come, and he throws in like four dollars for beer. Yeah, he puts in money for beer. I'm like, and then he just disappears into the night. And like, you know that story? They always say the story of like he comes at someone's table and eats a fry, and they go, "No one ever believe you," and just walks away. <laughs> would. But for some reason, I get after watching that docker, I, I feel like Fred is on that path. Because I don't know why, something about him, he has that kind of like he's probably late 40s or something sure, right now. Yeah. And he's becoming that like just super funny, super quirky. Like, you just, I feel like he might. Is that, that dude like, from Portland? Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. why I wrote okay. it up. Yeah. Very good. He's the man. Man, can that dude even go to Portland anymore? Like, do you think he can even like walk down the street? <laughs> probably hate him. They probably <laughs> fucking hate him. You guys been to Portland? I yeah. Been. Yeah, I, actually, last year I went and it was when I got engaged, actually. I nice. went to uh, Oregon. We did like a little. We were like kind of home based in Portland, and then traveled around the whole state and hit up Eugene and Bend for some breweries. Nice. And then there's a bunch of great stuff. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a nice place to be. Yeah. That's where most of our hops are coming from too. Right. Oregon, Washington. Yeah, so. the whole Idaho, that whole area. Yeah, in California, nothing wrong with out there. I oh, love it. I haven't been to Portland yet. I want to see if it's as I heard. It's like check it out. Go to Portland, Maine first, mm. and then go to Portland. Later. Yeah, <laughs> have you been to Portland, Maine? No, goddamn it. Yeah, I go to Portland, to Portland. I keep coming here. I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, be yeah, a trip. Do it one trip. Go to Portland and fly to the other Portland. That's pretty funny. Have you done that? I, I haven't. No, but yeah. goddamn, we should do it. Yeah, I need to. I need to check out. Um, I keep hearing good things. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I did ten thousand miles across the country, but I, I was in Portland. We didn't go to Portland, Maine. You know. Did you drive all the way across? Yeah, we drove. Yeah. It was like six weeks and 10,000 nice. miles, so it's a little miles. over, you know. Colorado, California, <clears throat> Utah, those are my favorites. Nice. Is it for breweries or just to... to uh, this is when I wasn't into beer, so I was just traveling, you know, kind of... Yeah, did you get myself, robbed in Portland? Yeah, we did get robbed in Portland. <laughs> you got robbed in Portland? Yeah, we parked and some homeless dude broke the windows and took, oh. uh, you know, shopping carts worth of stuff, you know, mostly clothes and... Food, camping gear, all the you know good stuff, but we packed too much shit anyway. So. so it was like whatever. He probably needed yeah. more. <laughs> That's the attitude, so, right? Yeah, it was it was all right, okay. but 
still really like the area, you know. That left a bad taste in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, I can understand. But, um, Either way, you get jacked. Yeah, still, the city was... You know, <clears throat> it was cool. It was great, yeah. Uh, here, one of my mates was there recently. He was like... He accidentally stayed like two blocks from like Great North. Uh, sorry, what's it called? Great Notion. Great Notion, yeah. And yeah. Um, it was like every... He's like, man, because I live... We live in... You guys been to Montreal? Yeah. I have, yeah. You know, yeah. Mylan? Yeah. 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 So Mylan's like the hipster area with like yeah, the yeah. cafe. Like we were into third wave cafes and the breweries and the brunch spots. So he was like, man, it's like, it's Craig heaven out there. Like everywhere you go, it's like two, every block there's a brewery, there's a cafe, there's something. He said this is out of control. <laughs> so I, I feel like I need to go there. Yeah, check it out. Write it's it like, off. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I like you thinking. It's an entrepreneur Write right there. Write that off, yeah. <laughs> okay, amazing. How has, so you guys have been around for two? Yeah, all, no, almost, sorry, almost, almost two years. Almost two years. Legally, um, yeah. How's it been in the Vermont scene? Like, how have you guys been sort of accepted and sort of welcomed into the Vermont scene? Or at least, how does your beer fit into everything, would you say? Yeah, I think we're doing well. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing great. I mean, we're kind of at a point now where we're always trying to make more beer. Like, even like, because as I was telling you earlier, we, we only can once a month. So we pretty much fill up all our tanks. And if we have like a month where it's like five weeks instead of four weeks, we're like always trying to squeeze in an extra beer because we know like, we could definitely sell it quickly and you know i think like you were saying i I just think vermont is a place where like there's a high standard and if if you make good beer you're going to be accepted within that and if you don't then i think the consumers here will speak for themselves and it'll go the way it should and you know it's a super competitive market but in the same way it's like kind of awesome to be in like what i consider to be one of the best beer markets in the entire world and you know, to be brewing here is like just unreal. You know. Yeah. Do you guys do a lot of festivals? Yeah. Yeah. This this summer we're doing all the mainstream festivals. You know, Vermont Brewers Fest and that was Mount a couple Snow weeks ago, Festival. Uh, nice. Bike and Brews coming up. We're going to be there. Uh, Nano Fest. We're going to be there. Oh, I heard about that one. Uh, yeah. With Ben. Tell you, don't sleep on Nano Fest. That's a yeah. red clover. That that was a. We didn't know much about it going into it last year, but it ended up being one of my. Yeah. favorites of the whole summer like we uh, it was very well attended and the way they did it was very focused around the brewer which was really cool like yeah they had 12 ounce cups one ticket three ounces two tickets six ounces you know and so on and so forth dog cool. friendly baby friendly you know and more low key a lot of these festivals and, three ounce minimum no kids no dogs yeah. and on but, top of that it was a ten dollar fee to get in which got you the glass and then you buy the dollar beer tickets and then as like at the end of the night, all the tickets were equivalent to that dollar. So the brewery got paid $1 per every ticket that they received. So, like, if someone gets a 12-ounce pour, they, the festival four pays bucks. you 4 bucks for that pour, which Jeez. is just really cool because it supports the brewer. <clears throat> it's really designed to support the brewer. And, you know, small brewers don't really get the opportunity often to have that same kind of exposure and you know, and they get that monetary. Normally, at festivals you take a loss, right? Like they usually yeah, insanely often. expensive. They'll pay like yeah. seven hundred bucks to bring five barrels of beer. You know, yeah. they just lose money. Really? Yeah, it's I mean, it's a branding promotion. thing, yeah. right? Um, that's pretty. Is that the one? It's called Tunbridge. Is that the Tunbridge? Yeah. yeah. We have and a follower who tells us about that every year. And when we should is it? go? It's uh, August fourteenth, 17th. 17th. August 17th. Mum's been. And who holds it? Yeah. Uh, the brewery right in Tunbridge. Rocklebank. Rocklebank. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, you Good know, work. Upper Pass will be there. They're brewing all their small-scale stuff. And Ben Hill, the new the new guys, Red Clover, who are getting a, a big pipe like we are. Oh, yeah. So we're excited to try their stuff. And 
Okay. Simple Roots will be there. Um, good measure. We're good, measure. good measure. Yeah, yeah they got some great stuff. A few other people. So. All right. All the little dogs. Hey, the little dogs are killing the game yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that's a bit of a resurgence or, or like, I mean, the big guys are the ones who've been hyped and they bring people to Vermont, arguably. Yeah. But then when they come here and you kind of get below the surface. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, there's like tons of incredible breweries at a lot smaller scale but are making stuff equally if not better is that, is that I feel like it's that kind of way a lot of places though like Vermont I don't know that it's totally unique to Vermont like no. I think you know yeah. like I you know both Portland's you know Asheville you know you kind of find that there too you have certainly the big dogs that you know have the name and have been around for 20-30 years but you yeah. also have that culture of small breweries that have been coming up and making great beer and you know, I think it's kind of more like a circle of life thing, you know, that you have, like, eventually, you know, who knows, a lot of these small breweries may be up there with the big dogs, and then you'll have another wave of small breweries. And, yeah, that's you know, true. Or maybe some that go out of business in the meantime or decide to hang up the towel for whatever reason, and, you know, at the end of the day, as long as there's good beer. That's it. You win, you know. That's dope. I like that the, that makes me really happy that that festival, because, I, like I said, this is one follower who from that area, and they mentioned to us for the last two years in a row and they keep talking about it yeah. and I was like yeah cool like I don't know I'm kind of getting over beer festivals and they seem to sort of be a little well it's more of a family style festival right know? it's a different vibe than because I, I have a kid and I have dogs and you know it just What's you know it's you? upsetting to me that I can't bring in my kid or and even if I do if my lady wants to come with you know my two and a half year old son she's got to come before the gates open and kind of sneak in if you and then the dogs the same manner you know, they right. gotta come in before and they say oh he's with the brewer you know but so you can get so, in but like no yeah if, you know I think just and then the most of the festivals are the three ounce minimum right you know or two sometimes even two or three ounce you know and you know what's funny about that is they never give you a glass that marks it ever like they always hit, give you like a 10-ounce glass, and I say, okay, guys, we're doing four-ounce samples today, or three-ounce samples. So, like, so where's the you line? You're only going to fill it up a third, but like, we're not going to give you a right there. Go to right there. Just guess. I remember the first festival we did was in New York. It was in Plattsburgh. And we had a guy watching over us the entire time because they handed us a glass that was like a six-ounce glass, and they only wanted people pouring four ounces. Okay. So basically, like, if you look at this glass, they were like, pour up to here. And I'm like, well... In the heat of the moment, when you have a line full of people, we're like, filling them up. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're just, whatever. <laughs> so I always find it amazing, like all these festivals that like don't put a line, you know, or they'll say, uh, "Do it about halfway," or you know, "Do it a third of the way." Well, it's, you know? it's nice to try three ounces of everything, and then your favorites go back. Try six ounces, try nine, where you can actually, you know, have a so conversation with somebody and you know, chit chat, not be yeah, oh, take I two gotta sips, go, I'm like, yeah. I gotta go get a beer and wait in line. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Like, I get the point of that. I, like, I agree with you, definitely. Yeah. I get the point of the small pause because the idea is to try as much as possible. Yeah. But at the same token, it starts to become redundant. And, like, even, like, I think a lot of people, when you have, like, what is this one? Probably two ounces? I think it's three. Is this three? I think it's three. Yeah. So we were talking earlier, like, GABF in Denver is, like, about one ounce. One ounce which yeah. is, like, and I do stupid photos and try and review a beer based on one ounce. And I know that, how much can I say about it? I just put a bunch of adjectives and like you got switched around and then spit it back in. <laughs> <laughs> that is filthy. I'm gonna start doing that for sure. And, and then, then, ooh, I'm the second try. Ooh, it tastes like me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw up. 
Um, you're fucking disgusting. Right? <laughs> I like, I like it. That's right. That was in, that's ingenious. It's not. Um, and it was, and it's like, I like the ones when there's this one called Fudunini. I don't know if you heard about that in uh, just over the border. It's called Fredericksburg, Frederick, some weird word in in Quebec, just over the border from Vermont. Through Bas- Brasserie Dunham had it. Oh yeah, 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 last in August last year. It was almost a year ago. But they're not having it this year. They're doing it next year. So, so it was the best festival I've been to, and they had everything from like Cantillon to like Jester King and. I remember like, Foam went up for that. Foam went up for that. Yep. But what they did was, from my understanding, like essentially come down here, drove to Hill Farmstead, drove the other half, got the kegs, and just drove them the fuck over the border because the way that that works, it would have held them for three months, twelve weeks. And you, the hops are going to die, right? If you yeah, have yeah, yeah. IPA, so they brought that over. It was just dope, and it was about the same size. And I felt that it was the, it was just enough that it, like sometimes where it's like the larger pours, you know, an Oktoberfest type of yeah. festival, people get too drunk. Yeah. It's like ah, and then if you go, then there's like GABF, which is like this much, which is redundant. It's so small. It's like you literally just get one and just jump in the next line because yeah. you're going to go oh, next. Um, but I like that. It was enough to kind of get the vibe of everything. And three or four ounces. Yeah. Acceptable. But I, yeah. But I do kind of like your idea of like doing that and then going back for ones that you like. Yeah. But then, then you get these ones with shorter sessions, three-hour sessions, yeah. and you're rushing to try as many as you can, and then there's no they time. They got the model right. And what was cool with this fest, too, I think it was like what? It was like ten breweries. So it was like, if you wanted to try everything, you could do it in the first hour, and it's a six-hour festival. So, like, you could go through the first hour, try Sacramal. everything, and then you can sit outside with a 12-ounce, listen to the music, get some food, you know, hang out yeah, with your favorite. Cool. So, you know, and, like, at the Vermont Brewers Fest, I mean, what I found amazing on, like, the Saturday morning session, as there were so many people running in to try beers, there was, like, it seemed like just as many people running to get seats under the tent and reserve seats in the shade to sit down. And, like, if you have, like, a, you know, five, six-ounce pour, like, it's not going to last you very long if you're trying to hang out and sit in the tent. Right. You know, definitely a different context in the sense that, you know, you have so many more breweries, you know, but, you know, the NanoFest is just great because, yeah, it's like 10 breweries and you can definitely try every beer, you know, in that first while and then still have enough, plenty of time to hang out all day and drink more of the ones you like. Yeah, grab a nine That's ounce cool. and go eat a sandwich. <clears throat> right. And it's beers like you might not be, get otherwise for a lot of breweries. Like, so, what he said, like, and I remember Upper Pass couldn't bring anything that was brewed at Von Trapp. Like, they had to bring stuff that was only brewed on their five-barrel system. So, no nice. first drop, no... Hence, Nanofest. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, like, Brocklebank brought, like, a ridiculous number. Six brought, or seven. Yeah, they yeah. brought a ton of beers, you know. And, <laughs> I guess Ben Hill, because Mike's a friend as well. Yeah. Um, he only has a small system as well, like, yeah. similar size. Yeah. So, he would have probably, yeah, well, his would have been some more bad stuff. See, that's sick. That's, like, a really cool, like people are coming there to try the small batch like yeah I'm not going to get this in cans like this is that particularly for you guys that you don't have currently which is probably a nice segue a retail um, uh, section of this place so this is like a cool way for them to try some of your stuff that they can't get in cans absolutely speaking of retail that's right we currently don't sell here we're just at the Burlington Farmer's Market every Saturday till Halloween, but we're going to be nice. opening up the garage stores and selling out of here soon. Just a so couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have a date that you can tell folks? Because this will come out about two weeks from today. we got a soft date. We're hoping Labor Day weekend is going to yeah. be the weekend. Okay, so end of summer. And yeah. it'll be right after a fresh, 
canning run Beach. and possibly a beer release that we can't name yet. Okay. Nice. So this will come out a couple weeks A new weeks beer in cans. Yeah. For new that. double IPA yeah. But kind of the goal is to just mm. be able to have a space for people to come in because that's the other thing that's cool about Vermont and the scene in general is like, in general, I feel like people want to buy from the source. Like, for my, oh, yeah. when I got married earlier early this summer, you know, luckily we were able to supply the beer, but, you know, mm. we were very fortunate to be able to have so much good local wine and good local liquor that, you know, had I bought it from the liquor store, you know, just from what I've experienced with us, could have been probably half the amount of money they would have received if I had just, like, bought it from them directly. So I think people realize that, and that's a very conscious thing in the state of Vermont. People want to support local business and support product from the source. And and I also think, too, it it creates the identity with people a little bit. Like, if you can just take a walk around, like, put your hand on the fermenter and be like, this is where the beer ferments and it is conditioned. And, you know, it really resonates differently with people than just going and picking a four pack up at the store mm. so we're excited to open that up to people and we're excited to just open up for a few hours a week and allow people the opportunity to come to us and have us you know explain the beer as we see it and you know offer some offerings that you couldn't get anywhere else and growlers and you know eventually also even kegs once we had the licensing for it so nice because we get asked that a lot too a lot of people reach out and ask like hey you know where can i buy a keg and you know, right. right now, we only have two tanks that we keg off of regularly, so... And they got to go to licensees, pretty much? I'm sure they're all spoken for, or... Um, for we just have mm-hmm. such a limited amount, it's all spoken for. for and I like so drinking beer on draft, like too, so it's like, I love having beer available on draft, because it's like, yeah. that's my favorite way, like, I love... As soon as I, like, check on tap to see where, like, our beer is drinking, and me and my wife will go do a date night at that place, because we know side business is pouring at that place, so... That's sick. And, yeah. you know... So we, and actually we tell, before we had cans available, you know, we would just tell people, like, if you just check on tap, that's the easiest way to, like, to see where you're at. See where the beer is, because. And then go there right away. Yeah, I mean, because it went Because it goes quick, yeah. Yeah? So you guys got a real rep with that. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Yeah, down right, you too. (laughs) Do you ever, if you go to a restaurant, you can cry, totally cry, because it's Leo? Leo, the next one. Yes, we're going to tell the story. my son, there he is. Yes. He's had a few heart surgeries, so we got pictures of his heart on here from the Echo and a little heartbeat we got in Boston when he had the open heart. And, yeah, some September astrology when he was born, a little eye of the tiger since he's a fighter, and, yeah, some more astrology stuff. And uh, they've had a pretty cool idea. So this is a beer that you brew for him. This is the first sort of one, essentially. First one, yeah. First one. And they've had a, actually a pretty damn cool idea. So uh, on the Updated can, we have his son's, yeah. son's picture on there, and we were just thinking, you know, it'd be cool to every year, you know, swap the picture out and just, like, as he grows, you know. Yeah, give it to him as, like, a... Maybe when he goes to college, you can send him with a case of beer to be the most popular kid in college. Right? He's got one of each, one of each face. He's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this beer is great, and it has my face on it. I think this is... He was two here, so... Yeah, 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 at his do. third birthday party, we'll update it. Yeah. And then... You know, four will update it. Because and. And the rest of it stays the same, like, as far as, like, artwork uh, is concerned. For, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so. a picture. Me and Evan have always kind of been that way a little bit, though. We, we have had our few beers that we've liked brewing at certain times of the year. Like, I, like we just did one for my wedding that I've been talking about. Now I could kind of redo it on all the anniversaries and, you know, maybe... Special events and stuff. Right. First of all, hold it. Cheers. Oh, you know the drill. You know the drill already. 
<laughs> so what phone is that that you have there? This is an uh, iPhone 8 Plus. Nice. It's not even like the newest. I hate the um, the new ones with the without the, this button. I don't know, maybe it makes me like old and shit. But like, you know, like how it's oh, yeah. button? Yeah. Well, you know, my biggest beef with it is not having the headphone jack. <laughs> Tell me about it. So like here, like you gotta have if, it I, strapped if, if I can't find my connector, I'm not listening to music all day. That's the worst part for that type of thing. I get the Bluetooth headphones for this, like the, not the AirPods, but the overhead ones. Tiff got them for me. They're like, I love those, right? I hate the phone ones, but, so it's fine for me, but say like, um, the headphones that come with this one. So we have an office in Montreal, so we go to the office and if we don't, like I've got my ones and it's got a connection, so you can, I've got to bring the connector cable to plug into the computer, but if she just has her, uh, earbuds that only have that lightning port wow, yeah, that yeah. she can't plug them into the computer so then the only thing she can do is listen to stuff on the phone even though if you might want to it's so dumb Steve jo- we used to work for Apple we actually met working at the Apple store in Toronto oh really and um, Steve would be rolling in his grave what they've done to Apple they fucked it up it's one of the best companies ever <laughs> and they ruined all the products like everything is so complicated they've, they've like even though he kept well, changing yes, the ports I don't know, think so he would have done it you keep Paying money, you know. That's what they would have done. That was like the selling point, right? With Apple, is that everything's simple, you know? Everything was easy. Now it's complicated because it was when he got kicked out, and then they brought him in the '90s, and they brought him back in after he started that next company that failed. Then they overcomplicated. He brought it down to like four products, and that's when they came out with that the colorful iMac, Mm -hmm. the original one. And then going from there, they just really kept it simple. When I worked there, it was just a new iPhone every year. They wasn't even multiple different ones it was just the one with different like 8 gig 16 gig 32 gig whatever and there was like one iPad and blah 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 and now there's like I can't even keep up I haven't worked there for a long time but like as an Apple person like I just can't even I can't even do it yeah but this one works definitely, pretty well definitely give him a handwritten letter let him know yeah tell Tim mate that's Tim, that's <laughs> how you Look. get somebody's attention you handwrite that letter I'll, I'll do it <laughs> you want to know you spend hours 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 thinking about it I got really bad handwriting though. that's even better make him work to it. read it yeah. <laughs> um, what's the what's the deal with the Leo beer so 6.8 6.8 6.8% um, with the hops in that one IPA um, so we it's it, it's actually kind of a play off the side business in a way the malt bill is fairly similar um, the only difference is mm. in really in side business we employ Flaked barley as well as flaked oats, whereas this is flaked and malted oats. Okay. And this is uh, Simcoe and Citra, and a little lower ABV um, than than the Columbus and bittering. Columbus and bittering. Yeah. Bittering. I like it. It's like man, you guys got a real like consistent um, thing going on with the uh, the flavor profiles of all the beers and stuff. That was all juicy. I mean, it's exactly what I come to Vermont for. Yeah. I want. I want this. This is what I wish we had in Montreal. We don't have enough of it. I can't go to a pub in Montreal and get anything like this. Anyway. Time, man. I think a lot of it comes down to time for some some IPA. Like, you know, I see a lot of these breweries who are like just pushing out double IPAs every two weeks, and it's like the kind of the great thing about being the owners and the brewers is that like we've had plenty of instances where we've said, look, this beer needs another week in that tank before it's like you know screw the schedule, screw like the fact yeah. that we could push another beer out like. If, if it doesn't sit in that tank another week, it's just going to be rassy. Especially with the, the side know. drop we did with Upper Pass. That needed yeah, the extra time. week. You did yeah. it here? Yep. And because they, do they have a space too? They do, yeah. They have a yeah. five barrel system and ton, 
just outside of Tunbridge, I believe. Okay. But then they do the main stuff through Fountrap. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we spoke with them. Is it Andy the dude there? Yeah, Andy. I spoke with him He's briefly. one of the owners. And Andy, then there's Chris, Chris, and then and there's the Ivan. Ivan the surgeon. Surgeon. Yeah, so Ooh, I'm a pharmacist by then, trade, and actually... Yeah. We, we met them and we went out to Worthy Burger after last year's NanoFest and started talking about, about this uh, started talking about this collab and he mentioned that he was a surgeon and after his uh, I was literally working in the pharmacy like the next week and I see scripts come from Dartmouth from Ivan I'm like I know that guy yeah. <laughs> like that's like the surgeons come through now. yeah they're, they're all good dudes and they yeah, all they, have different you know personalities and different interests and different right. you know I guess uh you know what they bring to the table is different. So nice. Yeah, it's a good trifecta they have. Was that one of the first collabs you guys have done? I guess so. I think it was actually the yeah. first. Yeah, yeah first yeah. one. And we did it for the Killington Brewers Fest, um, which they do kind of make a point to inspire collaboration at that festival. So it, you know, you're standing out in 30 degree weather on a side of a mountain. You know, and I think just having collabs makes it a lot more fun. And there's yeah. So almost every brewery there is encouraged to collab. And even to the point where if you're, like, signing up for the festival and you don't have someone to collab with, like, they'll try to, like, pair you with someone to collab with. For the festival specifically. Yeah, they'll be like, if you don't have someone, you know, just indicate that and we'll try to pair you up with someone to do a collab with. That's dope. So they really push it. And you know what's cool? Like, you know, we've done now, I think, what, three collaborative beers? And in that, you pick up something from every single one, you know. Mm -hmm. You, You always learn. It's nice to see how someone else executes a process variable and nice yeah. to see how someone else does this or perceives that and you know you kind of really decide to yourself okay we could be doing this better back at the brewery at our brewery or we could you know i'm glad we're doing it this way versus this way maybe we could explain why we do it this way and you know have a conversation about it everyone learns something yeah yeah do you the other ones you've done so you did the upper pass one here the other ones you've done were they at Yes, we did, um, we did the pump at uh, Farnham. Nice. And, yeah, we learned a lot. It was a bigger system on a 15-barrel brew house and okay. double batching, so we did a 30-barrel batch. Yeah, we learned a whole lot from them, and uh, I felt like they learned some from us as well. And, That's uh, great. Yeah, we did an iteration, uh, pumped up, we called it, and nice. we did that at Farnham again. As well, so, okay. yeah. It's an IPA or something that you today. They were both doubles. They're both doubles, both eight and a half percent. The pumped up was a collab also with Big Tree. Uh, his name's yeah. Mark Fryer. Yeah. He Big owns the reservoir. Is it a is it new brewery? Yeah, new. Yeah, new brewery. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he contracts out the uh, the res. Um, if you ever see those, uh, he does those in water. cans. They're like almost like brown tannish looking cans, and he leaves their brewery in good water. Yeah, I know good one is right next yeah. to uh, Bell Tobacco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been there yet, but... Okay. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's doing a lot. He's got a lot to, you know, a lot to bring to the table. And, you know, it's Reservoir, Trace Amigos, and the bench. And, um, yeah, the big tree was a little side project we started, I think, on a barrel system. So... Okay. You really got to learn brewing the hard way, kind of like we did here, you know? Right. <laughs> it's the best way to do it, right? Yeah. You gotta like figure out how to. But what's crazier is it gets it. bigger. It almost just becomes way easier. Like, right. you know, it was our that the pumped was our first time ever brewing on a system that size, and just watching their grain out procedure after the match was like, we're here breaking our backs, scooping it with like ice scoopers, and they're 
oh yeah, we'll just turn the rake on and it'll just scoop it all out for us. You know, just you just have to maybe pull, you know, pull the hoe every couple of seconds, but that's about it. God damn. Yeah. Aspirational. Yeah, it like, was. Yeah. Do you guys have sort of like a goal that way you want to sort of take this, or is it just seeing how it goes? We're kind of a fly on the seat of our pants kind of yeah. operation. Well, it's just me and Ember both that way. I mean, we certainly want to get that size. And, you know, we, I don't think we want to see ourselves get too big, but we're we're always, even at this size, trying to think, what can we do more? What can yeah. we, how can we push this more than what we're doing now? Right. You know, so ultimately, I mean, I think what's prevented us from more actively seeking out now is right now we're limited to nine and a half foot ceilings. Right. So we couldn't fit a 15 barrel system in here, especially with like HVAC if you wanted to, you know? Right, right. So, you know, I think the ultimate thing for us is we would eventually have to find a new location to open that, open that bigger system and to make that happen. And that's true. Gotcha. So it's, it's just kind of a big task to take on. So at least in the short term, we can focus on what can we do more of what we have. And then, you know, when the time is right, kind of build out a new brewery with a bigger size. Right, and then separate location. But at least for now, you've got everything going here. You've got grain storage and there's some barrels yeah, on the other side. We're just all in, you know, so yeah. it's going to be hard to get another location going. I do say this yeah, to Evan a lot, that once we do move, I would love to see this spot turn into uh, a funk facility for sure. Right. You know, something oh, that's man. kind of like yeah. tucked, tucked away and, you know, because... We, we both have really been wanting to go down that road, but we're just in such close quarters here that it's not even worth it. Wouldn't even risking all your other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear breweries now having, like, people that won't even, like, cross between clean side and, you know, funk side in the same day and have to communicate via walkie-talkie to, like, Jesus. you know, because it's, like, that much risk. I mean, I think to some extent, That's you know, crazy. If, you're, if you're careful, you know, this is all stainless steel. It can be clean, but, you well, know, no, just as no far as... Farmstead, though, dude. Yeah, they have two separate sections, or they have it all in one. It's all in the same place. It's just all soft parts. Anything that isn't stainless, you know, yeah. that becomes a sour part. So, right, you know, silicone gasket used on a sour beer. That's all your sour. valves that have like plastic yeah. gaskets inside. That's permanent. All your hosing, even yeah. your like pumps. So, if it, and if it's stainless, you, you give it a heavy dose of caustic, and you can reuse it. You know, but right. if it's soft, it's sour. Well, yeah, fear, it's our fear is like with wood, you know, if you're like doing barrel aged funk, you know, you really can't, those microbes can, yeah. are not as easy to control. It would infect the stout or a Belgian, you know, right next to it. Good point. Speaking of that, you have a bunch of barrels back there. Yeah, so um, we got, um, yeah, we got some rye whiskey barrels and we're, we got a Belgian Belgian triple, Belgian quad, something like that. And, um, it's kind of like in in the middle of both of those. In the middle, Belgian triple and a half. But it's called the, <laughs> we're calling it eldest brother since Dave and I are both the oldest. You know, I got a younger brother. He's got two younger brothers, so that's our eldest brothers. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. And we did it on a home brew level. We brewed it here and aged it in a five gallon whiskey barrel, and it was a big hit. You know, and then we nice. aged it for a while and. Um, that was my first like real intro to craft beer when I was in college. I used to play a punk rock band, and we had booked like a semi DIY tour in Europe. And our first stop was Brussels, and like, yeah. uh, the the driver that we had for that brought us to all these like craft beer bars. And that like it wasn't like lambic Belgium; it was like more traditional like Abbey yeah, style yeah, yeah. Belgium, you know. And 
it was it, it was really my first like epiphany into craft beer it's just seeing those kinds of beers so I always have wanted to like brew more of those and I'm, it'll be nice to have that eldest brother back because it, it last time we did it turned out real nice so. so you've done one I guess my other question before was so you, most of the things that you're doing primarily that you're known for are IPA based yep and then for that. you've done one batch of the the other one before have you done any other stuff it's like non IPA yeah we also have the stout going in the barrels as well sick so superior so uh, it's a uh, it's a stout unnamed, so if you got For any now. names. Okay. All right, we can talk about it. We can workshop Let it. Let us know. Okay. It's a sitting now at about 8.5%, so yeah. kind of like Eight and a half. Not, not totally yeah. imperial, but, you know, it's it's it's, it's actually big. drinking really great right yeah. now. It's, it's, we can let you try it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see what you guys do with the dark stuff. Yeah. Um, and we're actually we're getting into that a bit more. The, I would expect this fall, you know, we're going to start putting out some more. Yeah, we, have, we did once um, Peanut Gallery. You know, is our stout with nice. peanut butter powder, and oh, yeah. you know, because we get a lot of notes from the peanut gallery whenever <laughs> we do festivals and we brew with other people. You know, what's the peanut gallery mean? You know, you know the peanut gallery no. where it's people above in the peanut gallery just telling or, you, or hey, even you like you know, family and friends, friends too. Come by, why don't you do this? Yeah, right, you, you're you know? like, all right, guys, okay. I never haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Or, give it a you guys ever thought about opening up a tasting room? Yeah, you ever thought about that? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I don't know. No, I haven't. Tell me, tell me what I should do. So it, you know, it's, it's just kind of check fun. your shoebox, see yeah. what you got. <laughs> so okay, that's sick. So there's most like, what other stuff do you guys want to want to do? Like, is it like, I mean, clearly the IPAs are one thing, and that yeah, that's what we have. Kill. You know, one of our more unique beers, our most unique, is the Chill Session. Which kind is what of. the gentleman was trying to chase earlier. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was <laughs> chasing. He's like, yo, let me get one of them chills. No, the hemp, one of the hemp beers. Hemp beer, yeah, and it's a different yeast than all the others, so okay. it's a uh, more, I guess, Chico style. You know, I think similar to the yeast used in uh, Pliny the Elder, nice. if you will. And so it's clear, you know, and brewed with hemp, dry hempt, and uh, 4.20% every time, yeah. In addition to hops, yeah, so we so use we, hemp in the same manner. We kind of take, we take like, we get the hemp on like stems and we trim it up in, down to the flower, put it in like basically a painter's bag and throw it in the ta- tank along with like a dry hop of Cascade and Mosaic. So nice. Yeah, yeah really. And this one's, yeah, just Cascade Mosaic. Nice, the super it gives like, it the earthy vibe to it. And yes, it comes off like green tea. Okay, a little bit of green tea, yeah. lemongrass, and like and almost like a slight citrus from the for mosaic. people that ask us, oh, is this all IPAs? You know, I say nope, and we throw them this one. You know, right. for Grandpa Joe that just drinks Bud Light, or, <laughs> you know, the light beer drinker, we start them with this. How do they respond to that? These type of people? Oh, they love it. Yeah, you know. Okay, good. Although my, yeah. I'm They're converting receptive. my dad. My dad. Is now becoming more of a Leo person yeah, he than he was a Leo. chill session. Yeah. My chill session used to be my dad's go-to, and now yeah. he's becoming more of a Leo. My mom and my dad, this is all they can drink. You know, yeah. I'm really not into my other beers. Like, Kevin, <laughs> I love what you're doing. I, you know, appreciate it, but I just I can't do it. You know, it's too. Much. <laughs> it tastes like grass. it's too. Well, it's funny because the only person I know that like knows the people at Treehouse really well and like turns down Treehouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, it, oh, my dad. His why? dad. Why yeah. just get it for you? Um, what'd you say? Why, why, does it, why doesn't he just get the beers for you? Oh, he does. He, you know, anytime he comes up, he'll bring me a case or so. But he, um, yeah, my cousin's own BT Smokehouse in um, in Brimfield, Massachusetts. Okay. So, yeah. Surbridge, Surbridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, my dad lives in Brimfield, but 
Nice. So they're connected with the treehouse guys and stuff. So yeah, the only so one I know that have a can get free treehouse and, and just, just like, like and a thanks. I'm good. He's man. not into it. He gives it to us. I mean, look, could be Wes. Could be Wes for you guys. Uh, that's I true. got a call from the lady. I'm gonna yeah, man, grab that. Don't worry about it. We're chilling here. Um, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I like the. That was one thing I've always appreciated about um, Vermont is that the the. The flow of beer. My friend Giles used to own a place called Hostel Tavare in Warren. Are you familiar with that? He had a craft beer by there. He just sold it recently. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I am. Super uh, tiny. Always had a fire list. Um, he always called it like beer karma. So it was always like he always just had and always astounded us being in Canada, even if there's an invisible line, like the amount the the, the ease of access to Trillium Treehouse and stuff like that. That for us, it's just like man, I can't get that shit. Like even though it's really not that far of a drive like five hours or something yeah like sure but just the fact that and there's like there's such a flow of beer here and that everyone is super generous everyone is so like used to having incredible like the New England stuff that we maybe for a period of time just didn't have even anything like sure in yeah. Canada type of thing I, I enjoy that I appreciate that about here that it's sort of this like hub where like yeah, man. What if, like, just for the fact you're trying to trade some beer, I'll get you that Il Fonte no worries. Well, you know, it's like, like easy. Vermont, in a way, also, too, has, like, kind of, like, a really good example of almost any style. Like, you can find almost any beer style done well here in Vermont, which I really appreciate. Like, even, you know, one of my favorite breweries, and I think a brewery that doesn't get enough attention is Queen City. Like, yeah, I, Queen City great. is, uh, you know, they're killing it on, like, all across European styles of beer, and, you know... One to be a brewery in Vermont that goes that route, I think takes takes some balls, you know, especially when everyone here is brewing hop forward stuff. But yeah. those guys really stand out and they really do it well. And but you know, you could just as well, you know, make it make it up to Hill Farmstead, who's crushing these amazing mixed fermentation saisons that you know taste nothing like any other beer in the world, you know. And you just have all these great examples of amazing beer around the state and you know not all places have that so it's, no. it's pretty pretty lucky yeah it's to, a pretty dope spot to be for beer you guys are definitely in a in a great spot and it's just like yeah man it's cool to see just because like I said I was introduced to you guys from Mark at Stowe Cider with a growler of this stuff which he gave to me and I got to take it back um, which was cool and just seeing now and like following you guys since I, I clearly missed the can drops but like and surprisingly seeing it yesterday I was like yo this shit looks crazy what? <laughs> and they had like four uh, three or four of the beers at least in City Market nice. is that accurate? yeah yeah we got yeah. four four in total chill session Leo free spirit side, side business. business we just can last week so everything's gone out to distro well, they, they may have had pumped up by uh, the Farnham collab oh, yeah? you know the pink can right, right up there pink and the prism paper yeah 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 Potentially, yeah. I remember specifically if seeing. You can find ones. it, buy it. No, I'll, we yeah. don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a look. I'll bring yeah. some over. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's yeah, dirt. It down to the farmers market. Oh yeah, I'll take a look. To, I'll seriously take a look. We're going back to uh, I think to the same before that Bear North Festival. Back oh to yeah, Waitsfield. Yeah, yeah, Waitsfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's Sugarbush, I believe, right? Really? Is it Sugarbush? We were just Mount Allen. Yeah, that's where we stayed last night. Um, I hate chill session. Well, I mean, are you guys you're staying in Warren, right? No. Last night we did. Tonight we're staying in... Next two nights we're staying in South Bell. Airbnbs oh, okay, cool. and stuff? Or no, last night it was, we did it because of that um, the thing we had with the brewery we were telling you about. Yeah. So we were supposed to disconnect for um, uh, 24 hours. Oh, so huh? we did. Did you do it? Yeah. I, I'm actually technically supposed to end at 
four o'clock. Uh, I had to oh, check some stuff. The rules. Yeah, I broke the rules a little bit. I did my best I could. Fuck, man, it's hot. Um, but we did that last night, and then the next two nights we're in South Burlington at uh, Comfort Suites, just because nice. it seemed to be kind of close and whatever. Yeah. And you see but, the, the clarity on this. Yeah, one. so much more clarity compared to the, the other yeah. guys. And all that was different yeast. Right. You know? And less hops. Much and less, less hops, yeah. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. Good cheers, man. I've already done this photo, so unfortunately. You've done it? Yeah. Oh, too bad. This beer, this beer has <laughs> definitely been a, a big one out. for us this Ooh, summer. It's nice, man. This is super this chill. This has been the most popular at the farmers right. market. You know, I can see if it's going to be it. Like beer it's... people, like the other stuff is just. Well, we've had a heat wave, you know, so people yeah, are just like, too. oh, like, this is I can see this. Turn. And we showcased it in a cask with um, lemon, uh, lime juice, mm-hmm. lime zest, and ginger Oof. in the cask, and nice. it was. Um, yeah, it was like good. It kind of came across as a sour, you know? Yeah. Did you that. get to try it? I did, yeah. Just all that lime, was, you know, you definitely... It was limey. <laughs> it was limey. It was limey. But it's like a different beer, you know? Yeah. We did it with like a... It was a collaboration with Mule Bar. We yeah. call it like the Moscow Chill. <laughs> That's cool. So, love that, man. So many collabs. So the hemp elements of this beer, what do we... Where is that coming from? Is there anything specific... It's just we're extracting the flavonoids and the terpenes from the hemp, you know, mm-hmm. in the same manner you you extract that from the hops. So we're right. kind of using it, you know, as a flavor profile. Right. You know, no, no THC, no CBD, yeah, but, no. Uh, all just the flavor. That. Right. So what, what? A lot of people believe in their heart and soul anyway that there is CBD. So it goes on that element as well. Yeah. People, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so feeling so relaxed. <laughs> Just ready to crush the day, or yeah. now I can sleep tonight, you know? <laughs> the only other hemp beer I know um, from another brewery, uh, Stone Crowl, from my understanding, they were kind of incorporating it as a tea, like they were making yeah. like a tea out of it and then basically infusing that with the beer. Whereas we, we actually sun, yeah. take the flour and treat it almost as like hop leaf. Okay. And we toss it in directly in combination with the hops. So basically, we add hemp in the whirlpool on the hot side, and then we also add it. Um, on the post-fermentation side right. um, uh, with Cascade Mosaic. So, I love it. Super super chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first time we ever brewed this beer, it was the day we incorporated Green Empire Brewing. It was on 420, 2016. <laughs> That's, never forget and that. we uh, came here immediately after we left the lawyer's office and brewed that first beer. Um, just as like a celebration, not only of like four twenty, but yeah. just of also just hey, now it's official. Like we're we're doing this. We're a business, and now we can, we're doing yeah, it. Yeah, we doing. canned it first time this year on four twenty as well. Kind of oh, right. celebration. Yeah, yeah. for well, or late March we did it for four twenty. How did it go? It went well. well. Yeah, it was a hit. You know, the yeah. only thing I wish we did. We talked about this. Ironheart, uh, the company we can through, was saying how they have these nineteen point six ounce cans. So we thought about doing a four pack of nineteen point six ounce cans and calling it four almost twenty ounce cans. No four, almost twenty. So next maybe year, we will in twenty twenty four, twenty twenty. Yeah, maybe we'll do that for four twenty. Do next a twenty year. pack of almost yeah, twenty <laughs> pack. Yeah, yeah, broken down into four packs. <laughs> that could work. Just like this little extra one little gap on the tray. You know what's what's with everyone now doing like these like fifteen packs? Have you seen all these like all these? I think like Founders the has one. They're yeah. like doing the fifteen. Yeah. You know we should just do like a really obscure pack size, like seventeen and a half, like twenty one. You know, <laughs> or like a half. Yeah, you get like a short with it. Yeah, know? like that. Like just like a low fill or like one of those yeah, ones yeah, you're talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah, with the shorts. Yeah. eight ounce short, just one though. 
for the homies. Sure. For the, for the, that's you what open, you pour out. Yeah, you pour it down, and then, <laughs> then you start drinking the case. You know what? I think you guys are up to something. You know, those shorts, they cost don't money. Don't be taking that idea now. It's not me. I don't have a brewery. I'm telling you. Talk to your people. Don't steal it, guys. Don't steal These guys are chip. It's a two-man operation. They're working really hard. You know, don't steal their ideas. They're very sorry. What you say? It's kind of like the gimmick of, like, the worm and tequila, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to eat the worm. The short can be the worm. Yeah, we start putting the worms in. Okay. What if you could do, like, what if you put, like, a, make it, like, a... Yeah, we did. Can you put like a floating little hemp leaf in each little shock? Probably it's way too much. Good when you can. It'd be pretty labor intensive, but you probably could. I mean, might be worth it. But that's the one. <laughs> but how are you going to get it out of the can? And you can't see it. Yeah, you don't see it. Maybe you could bottle it. Or doing like one well, can of the entire Before batch. we started yeah, canning, we're it. thinking green bottle, you know, kind of like how Heineken, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlsberg, or, you know, Stella. And they have that skunk. Attributed as well, so yeah. but bottles, you know, no they, they've buy. died out, especially since we started. You know, yeah, it's so much more convenient. I wouldn't even look at bottles, to be honest. Yeah, generally, I feel like most beer consumers wouldn't even consider it. This is so inconvenient. Yeah. Even just fitting in like the cooler. Like, we I think it's style dependent to some extent, though. Like you For know, sure. you know, bottles certainly have more integrity than like a can does. So like if you're doing like bottle conditioned beer, like. Trying to pull off that same thing where you're gaining PSI in a can that you know overall is pretty flimsy. Yeah, you know that that's. But overall, I like drinking beer. Like even the stout, like once that's out of the barrel, we're actually gonna kind of the goal is to blend it with cold brew coffee from the guys across the parking lot here, Snowcap Cold Brew. Then we're gonna then we're gonna can it. Nice. So that's you know yeah that's smart. I love that type of collabs. Um, They're a, a roaster. Yeah, you can't really see them. They're not, they're yes, not here today. But not labeled. They actually just got a nice little cave job on their parking lot there. I mean, just kind of exclusively yeah, for right. them. They, they, wow, they wow. don't roast it. They just do the cold brew there, and then they can it. They even do well, a CBD cold brew. Cold brew and, yeah. Yeah, we could send you home with some of those. If you That's sick. Oh, I'm yeah, they, even, they came by. Is to take over the board? What's up? Like CBD cold brew. Is CBD legal? I have no candy? idea. I wouldn't tell yeah. when you know when they ask you at the party. You wouldn't say them. Okay. Just oh, I could just drink it. Yeah. Drink it tomorrow morning. You know when yeah. you wake yeah. up. It's even better. All I your have... aches and pains oh, disappearing. Disappear. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this oil. Yeah, I went away. to the weed store the other day. Did we say that on camera or off? I can't remember. The store. There's a weed store in Montreal. The SQDC, whatever. I can't remember what yeah. it stands for. And uh, I got the oil because I don't smoke, but. I got gummies online, but I got the gummies aren't legal yet in Canada. So I didn't get gummies, actually, until October. Then I got them. October 17th was last year that we became legal. And then October 17th this year, the edibles become legal. But they sell um, the oil. And I couldn't get the one-to-one, but I got kind of close. So it's sort of like a little bit less THC than the... CBD. Yeah. So, like, it's interesting. It's like, I don't know if you guys have experimented with that because I'm pretty comfortable with edibles. We've done yep. it for years. But a little bit of oil, even in the amount of THC, I know in a gummy I can take double or triple what's in the oil, but the the effect lasts so much longer. And, it like, it's weird. It's totally different. And I want to see what the CBD does. I was like, I, it's like three milligrams to like five of CBD. So I don't know what, what's in the coffee. Do you know what milligrams? It's 25 milligrams. 
of CBD. CBD. Stop yeah, it. One coffee? coffee? Well, I think no. too. Wasn't it's um Greenstick Gardener for a while huge. selling like twenty no. milligram, yeah. twenty milligram capsules? Yeah, 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 but they're twenty milligram. But they say, you know, like no, no, if no, you're no. a CBD, cancer CBD, patient, CBD. you need a hundred to two hundred milligram daily dose of CBD. CBD. That's fucking huge. It just seems like that's. You go batsman. You. You're not an alcoholic offering yet. 20 milligrams. Fucking hell. And they've, they've upped it too, so. The, they, the, yeah, they, they use this um, water soluble CBD, which is pretty that's interesting. It. So they probably can't take that back, but. Uh, no, that's it. Honestly, wow, I'm sure. They shocked. don't even know. Just throw some tape yeah, right? Yeah, no, you can just you can stash them in the bag. No, I'm not going to take them back at all, in any yeah. shape or form. Water soluble CBD. That is fascinating. So that means that I don't know anything about this stuff yet because usually the um, the the CBD in and of itself like for the, the the oil is like five milligrams for one whole thing and three milligrams yeah. of THC which is not even one to one like most of the ones are one like even like five and five or whatever so that would in the oil realm it seems that would kind of get you way more buzz than you would anticipate Versus, like, you could have, like, a 10 milligram gummy and you're, like, pretty good. But then if you had, like, three in the oil, you're like, whoa, like, it's weird. It's just the way that it works. So I'm curious to see how CBD does. So I guess it seems to be in everything here. We don't seem to feel anything off of CBD. Oh, no, because you're not, you're not, you won't feel it. you're not supposed to feel, but even my ailments, you know. Yeah, I want, I want that, that's what I'm curious about. But then, you know, the fact that people believe in their heart and soul that this hemp beer is, you know... <laughs> it has something in it's it. It's curing their back pain and, you know, helping them fly when they were usually anxious or, right. you know. To some extent, people are going to hear what they want to hear, you know. You know but, you know, I, I will say, just as, like, the pharmacist side of me, you know, I, you know, I, I really, if, if it makes you feel better and it makes you live a better life, you know, then you should pursue that and you should, you know. I think it's wicked that you this know. stuff is coming around. That can I feel like there's a genuine medicinal property to cannabis that's been and generally you know, CBD. For sure, for sure. It's not going to cause harm to no. take CBD. So hell no. If it makes you live your life a little better and you feel better, why not? No, I think it's amazing. Um, that is fucking sick. How do you guys feel about a lightning round? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Are you scared? See, I've listened to your podcast, so I. I are you so going to get it all? I, I, I feel like quick. I know a little bit of what to expect, but. Well, hey, and I gotta get going here soon. I hate to. So we, no, that's it. completely cool. Let's do, um, let's do it. We'll make it actual lightning. We always joke, call it molasses round because people take fucking forever. But let's okay, make it we'll quick. Go quick. All right, guilty pleasure beer. Beer you would be ashamed to admit to a beer nerd you enjoy. I'm not ashamed of it, but Corona with lime. That's my. That's me too. PBR. PBR. I fucking hate that beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, that's my. This one beer you would decline under any circumstances. Mine's PBR. PBR. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Labatt Blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah, yeah, yeah. to go with Labatt Blue, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was trash. She was trash. What was your gateway beer? The craft beer that got you Magic into? Hat number nine. Good one. Mm. That's a gateway beer. Yeah, that's fantastic. What is that for? Got me to Vermont or got me into craft beer? Got you to into craft beer, period. Ooh. Doesn't have to be a Vermont. Probably Rodenbach. Ooh, damn. All right, fancy Belgian yeah. man. Uh, favorite beer style? So maybe you walk into a store, what's your, or you walk into a bar or a brewery, what's German your German half. German half? Interesting. That never happened. Uh, IPA? Any particular type? American IPA. <laughs> America. America IPA. America. <laughs> I don't mean to offend. It's my favorite shit ever. America. Like, every time you see an American flag, we're driving by, you're saluted. 
Murphy. No defensive. You know, it's funny though. I get that. <laughs> I, I get that eyebrow a lot with the hat. Everyone. The eyebrow. Do you know what this? The the least. The next question. Least favorite beer stuff from brewers. Oh. The top two answers are probably smoked beer and Hefeweizen. Really? Yeah. And I think I hate Hefeweizen so now my because least, of this. Oh my the God. next one, least favorite? Yes, sir. Brute IPA. Brute? You don't like the Brutes? No. Okay. Why? Uh, I fuck with the Brutes heavy. I'm just not into it. I've, I've tried it. I gave it the try. I've even tried the double Brute. I'm just not into the either the, the, the low pH or the, you know. And I'm really, I've really dry. been crushing the dry cider you know, with the champagne yeast, but some reason on the beer side, I just haven't been. Does into it work it. out? I respect that. Okay, you know, I could. Hey, I'm I'm looking to be convinced though. I, I like your attitude. It's pleasant. <laughs> it's pleasant. I, I would throw myself in the smoked lager category. Ooh, That's yeah. probably smoked. Yeah. And then right. if you took that another step, a smoky smoked brew, lager, a like brute, not <laughs> under ideal, like served like in an obscure form, like on cask or something, that would probably be worse. Like but. flat and warm. Fuck. <laughs> Gross. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Where do you like to go for beer? Me, me, and my wife go to Portland, Maine a lot. We love Portland, Maine. Okay. I really have to go. It's a good one. Mm. It's tough. You could also be where would you like to go? Favorite in oh, general? Where would I like? To well, go, huh? the the question is generally what is your favorite city? So like Portland, Maine is a good answer. Like if there's somewhere you go regularly, you like to go, or some people don't really have that. So alternative answer would be oh I really want to go to Belgium maybe Burlington Vermont hey <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer <laughs> yeah, that counts guys yeah. mine fuck that uh, I, yeah we go I mean I, if I ever have a day off and I have nothing to do like, we're, we're, we're always drinking Burlington so it's, it's amazing uh, first beer you ever brewed together or separately the, the heady both Hetty Topper. Hetty Tapper. So when our Hedy first brew together, clone. we did a Hetty Topper clone. We called it Hetty Tapper. Hetty Tapper. It yeah. turned out not great. It was okay. okay. It was, it was okay. Uh, first beer you ever brewed professionally, maybe? First one for the homies. Yeah. yeah. Technically, yeah. yeah it was the first beer the on the system. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't we didn't sell it, but we did serve it at a brew fest. So I think it technically counts. That counts? I like that. Uh, favorite and least favorite styles to brew? Favorite? I gotta say IPA, I guess. I love brewing IPA. You know, my least favorite is anything high ABV. Because yeah, it takes so the double. The, the double, double IPA. <laughs> Ruin them. It's, it's, it's just a gruesome. Right? It's brutal. A lot it's of grain. Sparges take long. Or actually, even the Belgian. Because just like it's a rig- rigorous oh, yeah. like step mash. Like yeah. A lot of those Belgian yeah. styles take require... Longer. Way too much attention. And also, too, like we, we use an electric element. And you kind of like a character style those triples and quads is that you add a lot of like uh, candy sugar and it yeah. just destroys our elements like we, it takes us forever to scrub those clean <laughs> after brewing that beer so god damn Belgians <laughs> seek to IPAs then that's the answer that's the solution um, worst beer you've ever made uh, the honey rye number seven tastes like smoked salmon <laughs> yeah, we had an element. That, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> we had an element that was like on the fritz when we fr- it was like the yeah. third or fourth batch. We yeah. must have not had it hooked up properly, right? But we had a uh, smoked salmon. <laughs> smoked salmon. Uh, what, what style? IPA? Honey rye. Yeah, honey I guess rye. it was like a pale ale. Smoked salmon pale ale. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, my least favorite was probably yeah, probably that one. Yeah, it was yeah. probably that one. Yeah. Wasn't the best. Um, what music do you listen to when you guys brew? We listen to a lot of house music, actually. Yeah? Yeah, it keeps the pace, you know? Yeah, like, when you're here, 
you know, I, I like to say we're doing everything the hard way. So when we're here for 13, 14 hours doing it the hard way, listening to something upbeat and like something with a fast tempo, but also like kind of like, yeah, it just keeps you moving, keeps you uplifted, you know. So, okay. A lot of house music. I like that. Um, right. <laughs> What's your favorite hop overall? Mm. Favorite hop. I don't know mine off the top. Favorite hop. Mosaic. Okay. Yeah, I, I probably got to jump on the mosaic train too. Yeah, mosaic. We use it no in citrus most of our canned beers. Yeah. Have mosaic in it? Well, hey, I really got to go. No, I hate to leave you no guys in the middle of it. Oh, good. Got to go. I got my the kid with a haircut. All right. Quick photo. Let's yeah. Do it. yeah. Let's do it while we're recording. All right. Doing this take with that camera. All right. Stop this. Okay. Stop this camera. You know, it's fine. Do it. Hold it in the middle. Yes, in the middle. Hold that. Hold that. I'll take a can. Perfect. All right, labels out, everybody. All right, labels out. Actually, I'll go to it. I'll go to it. in the middle, yeah. I just have to keep the cash for photos. Yeah, we'll keep it for afterwards. We'll send you a message, too. Amazing. Yeah, Dave will give you a bunch here. Uh, no, I There we go. One, two, three. All right, open wide. That's for the thumbnail. Open wide. Hey, yeah, real pleasure to Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We'll keep in touch, and we'll I'll let you guys know when it drops. Haircut for me and the kid. Nice. Oh, no. Matching. Matching. He's getting a mohawk. Oh, oh yeah. You should, get a, you should hey, totally get him. We went from the bowl to the mohawk. You can never go wrong with a mohawk, though. I remember once as a kid, I decided I thought it would be a good idea to, like, do a shave down the middle, like, kind of an opposite of mohawk. I remember, like, being in the chair, and the lady did it, and I was just like, oh, my God. What did I do? Did you but, shave it off? Oh, yeah, I shaved it off, but it was just like, you know, I, I had it in my head, you know, I was like a third grade kid. I just was going to do it. I was like telling all my friends I was going to do it. I will, I'll remind you. <laughs> um, two last questions. Yeah, What's yeah. your family think of the job? I think they like it. You know, my, my dad, actually, I couldn't come here for the last canning run last Tuesday. I was stuck at my other job at the pharmacy and my dad who is now retired came in and just jumped right in on the canning line and nice you know, he loves he, it yeah he really enjoys it nice so that's so perfect sent him with a case of beer and you know he's happy as can be I love that um, last one your favorite adjunct what do you like to add to beer I mean we, we use flaked and malted oats in quite a lot of our beers so I have to say probably that yeah, you know, we. I would say in almost every beer we have flaked oats, so that'd probably be the one. Okay, kind of smooths things out a little bit, gives it like that creaminess and just awesome mouthfeel. It's a good answer. Uh, how do you feel about lactose? So I'm not anti-lactose. Okay. Um, we have not brewed a beer with lactose. We are going to be doing our first one this month with lactose. That's actually not an IPA. Okay. And um, I'm not anti-lactose. I just. I'm, I'm skeptical of lactose, lactose I'll okay. say that. All right. You know, I feel like there's people that go modest with lactose, and it, it's an amazing ingredient, but people who go, like, way it's too hard, and it's just almost, like, chalky and almost, you know. Yeah. If it's not used correctly, it can be uh, not, not the greatest. But I, I, have, <clears throat> I have an appreciation for lactose, and I think it has its place. Okay. I respect that. We have a Twitter account called Team Lactose. We're very proponents of lactose here. So, you, so you're it. team lactose. Though. All day, all day. But partially, it's one, because I like it, but two, 
more so because it pisses people off. Like the beer purists get really mad about it. So I, I feel like it. IPA does that just in general anyway. You get all these people who like, IPA like, man, this isn't a traditional IPA, you know? I hate that. That make IPAs clear again bullshit. Well, it's like the end of the day. Does it taste good or does it not taste good? You know, that's it's really what it comes matters. down to. Exactly. So that was the last question, man. Well, Dude, thank you for the time. Guess I haven't left that a freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> we were like right at the very end. That's why he was like, no, that's funny. it was cool. Um, where can we find you guys online? So where can people find uh, Green Empire? Yeah, so right now, um, our website is kind of under construction. We're rebuilding it for our launch of our retail hours. Nice. Uh, but it's gebrew.com. Um, we also, our biggest two are just Facebook and Instagram. We really like Instagram. So usually we do most of our communication through that. Um, just Green Empire Brewing. Perfect. Instagram, so. Nice. So people can check up on that. Uh, by the time they see this episode, it'll probably be a couple weeks out until the retail hours um, start. So definitely keep. Yeah, we're shooting for a Labor Day a Labor Day launch of that. Perfect. So we'll have a fresh round of cans for that and also some beers and kegs that, you know, will not be available otherwise. So. Nice. It's going to be something special worth coming down for. Yeah, you know, so that's that's kind of the goal is to, you know, bring people down and just allow people the opportunity to buy from the source. Right, so. which is part of the experience. I meet you guys and talk here about the beer and stuff like that. Absolutely. Which is great. So if you guys are in Vermont, make sure you come buy the store once it opens but also look out for the beers in the store you see them they're very attractive you can't miss them it's got a triangle on it it's bright it's metallic it's <laughs> sexy it caught my eye before we'd even spoken so that's super dope man so thank you again really hey, appreciate, you, it, man. Bro. appreciate it bro appreciate it guys if you enjoyed the episode smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below hit the notification bell so you know when the new stuff drops follow us on social media at BOS Podcast check out the long form audio so you can hear extraordinarily attractive gentlemen like Uncle Dave right here <laughs> talk about beer in Vermont that is it guys thank you for watching and listening we'll see you in the next episode cheers